I'm Todd Zwillick. Welcome back to The Takeaway. As a complicated and messy immigration fight drags on in this country, immigration detention is costing billions. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, or ICE, spent more than $3 billion in 2016 dealing with immigrants facing deportation. Now, part of that figure is a quota first passed by Congress in 2009. It requires no less than 33,400 immigration detention beds to be active every single night. That number is even higher today. Congressman Bill Foster has been a Democratic congressman from Illinois' 11th Congressional District since 2012 and the 14th District from 2008 until 2011. And he's been trying to eliminate that detention bed mandate for years. The situation arose actually during the Bush administration when they started to apprehend a large number of you know, undocumented immigrants and then, uh, however, did not have the money to house them. So that caused a problem, and the solution that Congress came up at, at that time uh, was to say that we have to preserve a minimum number of beds no matter what. There are a number of much less expensive alternatives to detaining immigrants than you know locking them up somewhere. It costs roughly $150 uh, per person per day to put them in a detention facility for you know roughly a tenth of that, uh, somewhere between $17 and $0.15, cents, $0.20 cents a day. Uh, you can put them into either electronic monitoring programs or community-based programs where uh, people are simply frequently monitored as to where they are. Uh, also, if you use a little bit of sense about which immigrants have a high risk of uh, flight, then you can save the government a lot of money. But we don't do that when we have the sort of mindless policy that says 34,000 beds no matter what. That also generates a big incentive uh, to get the beds filled, uh, particularly by the for-profit detention centers. Well, what kind of evidence have you seen that 34,000 is the right number, that if you cut it down to 8,000, you would be damaging the public interest or missing out on, on law and order? Well, there are two different adjustments you can make. One is to simply adjust the number of beds you have ready unconditionally. Beds are a sort of loose term that includes both uh, space in local county jails that's used. Uh, uh, there are federal facilities used specifically for detention centers, and there are also for-profit private detention centers, um, which are uh, – I think in a recent year, roughly 12% of all detainees are kept in these for-profit uh, institutions. Uh, the Obama administration had announced a policy of phasing these out because what happens in the for-profit institutions is that you find the standard of care that they have contracted for is something that they do not always uh, follow. The for-profit prisons tend to well, they pay less, so they hire out of a different different application pool, and they have very high turnover. More than half of the guards at for-profit centers turn over in any given year. And that doesn't generate a very well-trained force, and a lot of bad things happen to detainees in that circumstance. There was an instance, for example, when the contract was actually terminated by the Department of Justice because a facility had you know, reports of questionable deaths and very substandard medical care. And so unfortunately, of course, when the Trump administration came in, they reversed many of these decisions and have now reactivated the contract from the very firm that had, it, had the contract revoked for unsafe conditions for detainees. Still only 12 percent of the total detainee population you're quoting here goes to the private prison companies which suggests that their lobbying for the money, which I'm sure that they want, is only a very small part of the problem here. There's lots of public money flowing downstream to local jails as well. 
Correct. Uh, you know, if I were to design the system, I would look much more carefully at the extent to which there's a real flight risk. ICE right now uses a, a three-tiered approach based largely on degrees of criminality to estimate the flight risk. But, you know, there are other things you can look at that give you a much better idea of whether the person really needs to be detained uh, compared to just given a court date. There's another very effective way of saving the government money, which is simply to provide immigrant detainees what, what are called a legal orientation. And that means it's simply a lecture given in a language they can understand, which is often an important uh, issue, explaining the, the basics of immigration law and the possible ways that you could appeal a detention and deportation. Only about 10 percent of all immigration facilities provide these, and the ones that do have substantially lower costs per detainee because in many cases, perhaps even most, there isn't a realistic chance of staying around to appeal through the court system and have your deportation order overturned. And so under these circumstances, the detainees often say, okay, I'm not going to fight this in the court. Uh, many fewer days are spent in the federal facilities. Uh, this, of course, saves the taxpayer a lot of money, but reduces the profits of the for-profit prisons. And so it's had a very difficult time getting traction. Well, that does make me wonder, Congressman, for the more rational approach that you see to this policy, um, what kind of pushback do you get from your colleagues when you tell them, hey, we could save your constituents lots of money, the taxpayer, less bureaucracy, lots of members of Congress like to hear about those things. Uh, is it just law and order? Is it a sense among constituents that they want people locked up? What, what causes this system to perpetuate when you have a more rational approach? Well, it's one of the most heartbreaking classes of conversations I have, and I have this in a number of subjects, uh, uh, discussions with my Republican colleagues when they acknowledge that – you know, there is a correct and rational position on, on things, you know, like climate change or a rational policy toward immigrant detention. And then they, they say, you know, you're right on this, but I just can't vote that way in my district. Or I would get a primary challenge from the right if I acknowledged what I believe to be the correct and rational positions on things. You know, for example, we, uh, we've only once been successful in having a vote on the floor of the House for an amendment to strike the detention bed. I think it was in 2013. And we did get Republican votes for that. But it is a very tough vote for a number of Republicans because on one hand, you're voting for something that sort of objectively looking at it uh, wastes government money, which is not something they normally are big fans of. But on the other hand, if you vote to get rid of the detention bed mandate, that opens you up to the attack of being you know, soft on immigration, which unfortunately, you know, has a lot more teeth in a Republican primary than it does in the rest of the general electorate. Attempts at an alternative approach to immigrant detention from Congressman Bill Foster of the 11th District in Illinois. Congressman, thank you. Thank you.